0: But That's welcome. right. Welcome. We are live and in color and in person at the Gateway Film Center right on High Street in Columbus, Ohio for the 100th what? episode Woo! of Fright Club. I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf. We are from madwolf.com and we are doing it live and we're going to see a great movie tonight and talk about some fun stuff and it's it's crazy to me that we've had 100 of these.
1: You know, it's funny because when we did them once a week, you bitched constantly about how many we were doing. So you know what? I'm surprised That's that not true. you're surprised. I wouldn't
0: say bitched. But uh, we, can't, we can't thank the Gateway <laughs> Film Center enough. Actually, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning. We've got to thank Eric and everybody at Studio 35. That's where... Frank Club started. Yep. And then we moved to our, our friend Kevin at the Drexel. Yep. And we kept going there. And then we we just really found a home here at Gateway because this is such not only a great theater, but it's a great theater and a great community as we found out for horror films.
1: And especially once Bridget and Columbus Horror got behind that is us, right. it was huge.
0: That is right. Yay! Thank you. And by the way, speaking of the Gateway, they did some special menus for us tonight. You guys have been partaking of some of the special drinks. We've got some special finger foods here, so please... Made with real finger. Come on down. And if you'd like to have some, help yourself. We'll have it right here on the, uh, on the tables. So enjoy some of that. And of course, we got to thank... From the very beginning, obviously, Fright Club Episode 1. We've got to thank Daryl and everybody at Golden Spiral Media who have been hosting this since the start.
1: And, you know, we give, we give Eric credit for coming up with the idea for the, the live event, but it was Daryl who came up with the idea for the podcast.
0: That's right. Hey, guys, do a podcast. So we said, all right. And 100 episodes later, here we are. So, yeah, thanks, Daryl and Golden Spiral Media. We appreciate it, as always. Thank you to Gateway for all the support. Like I said, to Bridget and uh, Columbus Horror Society on Facebook, and all our regulars, everybody that shows up every month, and all of our, our our new people as well. We love seeing you all, and it's it's been a blast, and hopefully it'll continue to be a blast.
1: It will, because I have like seven hundred more topics. <laughs>
0: And how many have you just thought of tonight? (laughs) Just a couple. Plenty. All right. But uh, we got a great movie tonight, one that we've talked about before. I know it's been on a few lists, and uh, we've got some movies that have shown up on some of the lists before. But uh, we'll get to that. And the the theme to go along with our movie tonight is rituals. Rituals.
1: Rituals and horror movies.
0: So these are,
1: uh, I think, the five best movies. uh, The ritual scenes or what leads up to the ritual in the horror movie is the best in these five.
0: But before we get to that, we also got to say thank you to the feedback from Social Anxiety yeah.
1: podcast
0: from last time. That was a lot of fun. It, it was, was. I was glad to do it finally, and we got a lot of great feedback.
1: And it was really just an excuse to talk about Get Out. That's it, right. Like it came out, and we're like, what can we do that we could talk about Get Out on That's the show? Right. We picked Social Anxiety Horror, and it, was, it, was, it went over well, and mostly people were happy about Godzilla. A lot of people yeah. were happy to see Godzilla on the list, and one person also admitted she likes to drink. I don't know how it came up, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we can get behind that. Yes, Godzilla and liking a drink. So yeah, that was a good one. And we've got you've got the next couple podcast topics picked out already.
1: Yeah, actually, the next podcast, which won't be the live podcast, is going to be underestimated women, which is I'm excited to do that one. Uh, I also want to say that fright clubber number one John Dean is going to join us on a podcast coming up. Yeah. Topic yeah. undecided. And then next month, second Wednesday of the month next month, and I need your help for a second, okay? So we're going to show Antichrist. Yeah, <laughs> we're excited about it. It I've, is a who, gorgeous, gorgeous film, and we're excited to see who's, who's seen Antichrist?
0: Uh huh. And you okay. stay away from the the scissors after that, right, right? So,
1: so here's the question. So originally the topic was going to be Cabin of the Woods horror, but then I thought maybe hardware or tools.
0: <laughs> 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 so. So let's let
1: know what you think. You know, Cabin in the Woods. That's a that's a good topic. There's some great movies. There's yeah. there's a lot of places to go with it.
0: You know, actually, though, that is. It's a no matter what you think of the movie, and it's it's very polarizing because obviously Lars von Trier is an extremely polarizing director for good reason. But it is a beautiful, it's gorgeous, beautiful movie. And right and, until they pull out those scissors. <laughs> and and we think one of his one of his better ones yes, for sure. So, I think so. Yeah. So that's looking ahead. But we got to get to it. We've got a great countdown. We've got a great movie tonight and uh, the subject is rituals and at number five one of our favorites nearly a year after a botched job a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings and it comes down to two words thank you it's kill list
1: this was a fright club episode we showed kill list here We love Ben Wheatley. Yeah. And I love this movie. I love. This is terrific
0: finger, by the way. (laughs) Feel free to come on down and grab some.
1: And I love the way it's directed because it starts off as like an almost decipherable in terms of the uh, accent. So it takes a while to catch on to what they're saying. Like a gritty indie London, you know, crime thriller. And you just honestly have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, it's very compelling. The performances are great. And then, like George says, so all of a sudden they break into this warehouse and they're going to beat somebody up and kill him. And then this guy in the middle of this brutal, insane beating just looks up at him all bloody and says, like, super happy, thank you. And you're like, (laughs) the fuck? Yeah. And then the whole movie takes this really hard left turn, and the whole time you're like, what the hell is happening right now? Which is great.
0: Because yeah. I, I'll admit, I think the first time we watched it, I was kind of, you know, half watching it, maybe doing something. And then as soon as that happened, as soon as he said, thank you, I'm like, holy crap. And, <laughs> you know, we love that when it takes a, a hard left somewhere yeah. and then it goes into a total different type of territory. And it sets up a, a, as a mystery and then it has a, you know, quite a big payoff at the end, which there, I know there's some some. T- some conversation about whether it really works, whether it really doesn't. But we it like totally it. works. It what totally are you saying? I'm not saying I'm saying no that. There's no
1: conversation like that. You know,
0: We're not going to get
1: too much into it though, because a lot of people haven't seen the movie. That's right.
0: It also features a great score. I think it does. the score in this movie is great. Yeah, it does. And it also features one of my my favorites. It features the Wilhelm scream. You'll find the <laughs> Wilhelm scream in this movie as well. So, uh, well then, can you talk about the ritual? Why you picked it for this movie or not?
1: So I'm reluctant to do that actually.
0: Okay. So the answer's no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cuz I do think I do think a lot of people haven't seen the film. That's true, yeah. And uh, you know, to give that away is to give a lot away. Um, but suffice it to say it's awesome. Oh my god, it's awesome and 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 devastating and scarring like in the best way.
0: Yeah, and if you've seen it once you've seen it more than once, really there's a lot of foreshadowing. Right, in, in that the you beginning. completely miss the first time. Because yeah.
1: again, it just keeps you off guard the entire time. It
0: does, so it's a great job by Ben Wheatley there on Kill List. That is number five on our list of ritual horror, and number four, I think we've talked about this one once or twice as well, it's a favorite. A police sergeant is sent to a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl and that's from 1973, you know it, The Wicker Man.
1: I am here to investigate the disappearance
0: of a young girl. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already. Told. In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? I can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. You are the fool, Mr. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh my God! I would say something, I've got snacks in my mouth. <laughs> But you know what I like? I like people and animal heads.
1: (laughs) He does. He's not making that up. That's his favorite thing. Like on Halloween when people have those big horse heads, he laughs and laughs. He's a simple man. He's really quite simple.
0: It's either really funny or really scary, really (laughs) creepy. In this one, it's really creepy because they've got the whole (laughs) pagan stuff going on. And this is another one where, see, I should have you drink more because then I'm funnier. (laughs) But this is another one where, if you haven't seen the movie... You know we don't want to spoil really anything about the ritual because that's the entire movie. That's what yeah. it's leading to. But it's true. But
1: God, it came out in 1973. If you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> the hell. Yeah.
0: Well, you're you're always the one that says, some spoiler." But it's true. But, uh,
1: but we can say Christopher Lee is insanely great in this movie. I he mean, re- he's always insanely great. He's got he just he's so saucy in this one. His you know he's got that voice that just kills you, and just the way that they. He plays off of Woodward, you know, is like this, you know, this Christian prig, and then he's this sort of hedonistic pagan, and they, he just says the most, like, brilliantly blasphemous things to yeah. him, and he, Woodward gets all prim and, and pursed about it. It's the best.
0: Yeah, Edward Woodward, the, who went on to be, of course, the equalizer, plays the, uh, the constable. For Denzel. Looking for Roran Morrison. You know Morrison.
1: what? Denzel would have kicked, uh, kicked Chris Lee's ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a good that they went with the first equalizer yeah. for this one.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're right. The way he plays with him, just toying with him, yeah. saying those blasphemous things because uh, the, the inspector is so buttoned up. Yeah. You know, they try to tempt him in, in so many ways. Right. You know, with all the, uh, the seven deadly sins, at least five of them. And uh, he just he, he gets so tempted and he won't, you know, he won't, but he's going to stick to his principles. And that all the time they know that. I mean, there's a reason why he's there. Uh, without saying too much but uh, it's really it's really well done please don't even go anywhere near the remake with Nicolas Cage
1: I heard somebody earlier saying bees I heard it
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't do it but yeah you mentioned Christopher Lee it is a great part for him and the story goes one, one of if not the favorite of the movies that he did in fact nice. when it came out he paid for a lot of his own press tour out of, out of his own pocket huh. to promote the movie and apparently he would go to every little small TV station that would have him to talk about the movie because he, lo- he loved it so much Yeah, that's awesome Yeah, and it's one that has you know despite that bad remake has really s- stood the test of time oh
1: it's aged incredibly well because I mean at the time it really spoke to the sort of generation gap the 1970s sort of culture shift but that never entirely goes away so I think that uh, it's, e- but but it also start like it started the you know the sort of pagans with the animal heads on, which you see in hundreds of movies now. But it, it and and you're right, and it leads up to the ritual that it leads up to is is horrifying and and um, really brilliant and really the only time in the film that you would consider it a horror movie.
0: Yeah, and Edward Woodward, I guess while filming it, he insisted that he didn't want to see the set, all that. Came into the the setting of the final ritual, mm-hmm. so he he could get that very horrifying uh you know act of surprise, and it nice. it really yeah it registers. Yeah. What about it, those
1: chickens? They seem pretty horrified too, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and actually, there was I think in in the late eighties, uh, nineteen eighty nine, I think it was the writer uh, of this movie, Anthony schaefer wrote like a thirty page film script for a sequel that if you look into the details of it. Uh, we're glad it didn't get made. I mean, it went in often. Yeah, it it went off. It was. It's one of those that would have kind of spoiled the power of this movie just to do a sequel. So it's one of the rare times where, for whatever reason, they didn't make it, and it, it this one stays. You know, with the, with the power that it had, and sure. didn't get diluted by a bad sequel. So uh, definitely just a bad remake. Just a bad remake. That's right. So Nicholas definitely one Caves. to. <laughs> we shake our fist in his general direction. Uh, the Wicker Man from 1973, number four on our list of ritual horror. Moving up to number three, this is the one we're going to see tonight, and we are excited. Uh, When the patriarch of the family passes away, the teenage children must take responsibility for the family chores. From 2010, we are what we are. All right, so we've slipped away, as we always do, to a secluded theater so we can talk about this movie without spoiling anything, and specifically, since we're talking about rituals this time, more than any of the movies on this list, this one is really drenched in the ritual. They mention it several times.
1: They talk a lot about it, but what's interesting is you don't get a good glimpse of what they're talking (laughs) about. No, you don't. (laughs) It's more the anxiety around the ritual and the timing and time is a really fascinating the clocks, yeah, strong, pervasive theme in this movie. But the yeah. ritual too, like you say, they talk about it a lot. And and one of the things, so as opposed to the other films in in this uh, category, it's it's not maybe specifically religious. It's hard to really tell exactly what the ritual. We know what it's about. It's mm-hmm. about meat
0: preparation, right? Um, yeah, I don't and, think we want to see more than we no, see. We I don't see think some so. of it in silhouette, mm-hmm. which is and then and, and it's sound. Very that yeah. yeah, as we were saying, you know, with with martyrs, the
1: sound design in this movie uh-huh. is really effective.
0: But you're right, the ticking clocks. Uh, so time is a very big element mm-hmm, throughout mm-hmm. it. And also, we talked about the uh, director's aim of showing the disintegration of the family. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at family in this movie. Yeah, you've got the family, the main characters. You've also got the family of prostitutes, mm-hmm. and in somewhat more comedic fashion, you've got the family of policemen. Right, you do. Yeah, so you, in, in different, it's contrasting ways of how they kind of close ranks and deal with their own.
1: You know, when I saw this movie the first time, what it what what it, it occurred to me, sort of the feeling I got was the idea of of almost this little hunter-gatherer population that somehow evolved slowly inside the larger society that evolved faster around it that's what it seemed like to yeah, me yeah um, there's something primal but at the same time completely authentic about about the, the family story about what they're doing every conversation every glance is weighted in some way I just I really think it's a fascinating
0: movie yeah it is and, and that's a that's a, a good point to bring up as well as the looking at it as a through a through a family microscope yep, yep. yeah very much so so all right we better get back in there and watch it uh, Wayne and Garth take it away that's good stuff and we were t- I was talking earlier we were talking uh, in the in the happy hour in the torpedo room about we were just talking about a bad remake this one had a good remake now it it's did. not as good as this no but it, but it is solid
1: yeah it's the same co-writers and director who did Stakeland which is a great movie and this movie is so so incredibly sort of like drenched in cultural specificity that I really was uh, uh, dreading the idea that, that there was going to be an American remake. But one of the things that they changed dramatically was just that. I mean, they, they took the same basic concept, but they really did a nice job of, of changing the cultural specificity to be sort of Appalachian American. And they did a nice job. And Michael Parks is in it, and he's always awesome. Uh, so it's good. It's not nearly as good as this, to be no, honest with and you. and this
0: one has some great social commentary going on here. Yes. And it's, it's darkly funny, As well. There's some dark humor about it. It's
1: really, it's incredibly well written and it's it's really, really well put together. And it is so weird, which is my favorite thing in any kind of a movie. Um, But it is, it's a brilliant piece of social commentary, honestly.
0: Yeah, and the director, Jorge Michael Grau, Mm -hmm. they pronounce that? His intention, he said his intention was to make a film about the disintegration of the family. And then it just happened to be a horror movie about cannibals. Uh, so, you know, whatever caused him to go in that direction, uh, it not only, I think it accomplishes what he set out to do, but then it gets into a, a an underlying current about disposable people.
1: Right, The really the disposable population of yeah. Mexico City, which is which is a very overpopulated city. And it's interesting because Bridget isn't in here, but We Are the Flesh is a movie that that Bridget really encouraged me to watch because she's really got something strong going wrong in her head. Um, but <laughs> I did watch it and I liked and it. And To it's be got fair, a lot- she would
0: say that if she was sitting here, She would. I yeah.
1: didn't say it because she's not here. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, there's they do have a lot of, of, I think, common themes. There are less body fluids in this one. So there's that. So
0: that can be a positive or a negative right? depending it on, depends on your where perspective. you're coming from. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, if for those who haven't seen it, I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to get that going here in just a few minutes. And that is uh, number three. On our list, our favorite of ritual horror from 2010, it's We Are What We Are, the original. Moving up to number two, we were talking about this one too in the, in the happy hour and how we gave out merit badges when we showed this one. It's a young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child. And it is from 2008, the original Martyrs. <laughs> You know, we did have some fun with that when we showed it here for Fright Club Live. We gave out the the, the merit badges. That was kind of a, a obviously a warning to people that are not you know ready for this sort of stuff that it's going to be nasty. But but also it 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 does as as you said it does have a point about the extreme violence.
1: It does. I mean, it's not it's not just in it for you know the gore of it. It's um it's it's a really incredibly smart and visceral film, and it's well-written, it's well-acted. The sound, This I'm not, I mean, I'm not, like, a cinephile to the degree. I'm like, ooh, the sound editing, I'm really not. But the sound in this movie is crazy. <laughs> when this metal oh. uh, ladder drops, yeah. you're like, oh, God, don't go! Don't go there! It's, Um. I mean, everything I about... I was yelling,
0: don't go there, before the ladder <laughs> dropped. I mean, like, what are you doing? And
1: it's another one, it's another one, uh, like Killist, that, you know, you think the movie is a certain thing and then it it goes one way with this person who has stuff bolted to her head and then you're like i don't know what i've let myself into and then it goes a whole other direction and you're like god damn (laughs) um but it's it's incredibly well done i love uh i love french extreme cinema it's maybe my favorite of all the horror genres and um of all of those this and inside both films that we've shown in this series are my very favorites
0: Yeah, they they bring it. Yeah, they do. They really don't back down. No, they are
1: not surrender (laughs) cheese-eating monkeys or whatever it is that Colbert used to say.
0: Um, And much like we were talking about uh, the director of the last movie, this one here, Pascal Laguerre. Mm -hmm. Man,
1: I'm doing well with those
0: pronunciations tonight.
1: Or I'm three beers in, one of the two.
0: (laughs) He has stated that he was he was inspired by Hostel. Okay, not our favorite movie, but it is you know one of the better ones by by Eli Roth. We talked about that last week or uh, last podcast actually. He was inspired by Hostel, but then decided he wanted to make a movie about not about suffering so much as about pain. And this one certainly has pain in it. Yeah, but uh, there's a reason for it, which yeah. you, which you which leads to the
1: and zealotry. Oh I mean, yeah, I think very it much makes so. A lot of points about that as well. It's really heartbreaking. And also the woman who plays the the actual final villain, Mademoiselle, mm-hmm. God, she's great. She is. She's so creepy. Yeah, she
0: is so creepy. She is great. And that's a, this is another one with just a couple of years ago. I think had an American remake. Yeah, it's, which was I wouldn't say it's horror. It's it's a letdown. In in yeah, many. Yeah. So
1: it's not. Yeah.
0: Thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. No. So um, I mean,
1: it's not a Wicker Man remake bad, but it's not We Are What We Are remake good. It's it's still bad.
0: Yeah. Well, and and as you said, the, the Mademoiselle character, the actress, is a. Is a big letdown just because in the new one in in the new one, and also they make they pull punches, which is they do pull punches. You know what?
1: Not in not in horror, and they they make a
0: big change in the ending. Yeah, a big change in the ending, which you know I I can kind of see why they did it. I'm not sure I support it, but. Uh, but the original Martyrs, it is tough to watch, no doubt about that, as we found out the night that we uh, we showed it here. But it is worth it, definitely. And that is number two on our list of ritual horror. Can
1: I just say something for a second? Yes. So we got to number three, which is We Are What We Are, and sometimes I forget what I did. And I'm like, I found two movies better than this? That's hard to believe. And then Martyrs, I'm like, oh, right, yeah. And then number one is clearly number one. So yes, in fact, I, I was right. FYI. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And this is one I think we just we just talked about recently as well, but there's always a good reason to talk about it. And it's when a teenage girl is possessed by a mysterious entity from 1973, The Ritual of the Exorcist.
1: You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism
0: wouldn't do
1: any good. You tell me that. The
0: sour is mine. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You'd like that? Intensely. The power of Christ compounds you! So great. So great. And we yeah. just talked about this uh, very recently because it's been in many of our countdowns for good reason. It's so great. So let, maybe we just keep to talking about the actual ritual.
1: Ritual, absolutely. Well, it kind of starts at the beginning, right, where uh, where he's in the Middle East and he's digging stuff up and you can see some of some of that. And, and of course, it's a it's very, very, very Catholic film. And, um, and uh, Catholicism is lousy with ritual, which I can say because I'm... I went to 12 years Catholic, so I'm allowed to say that. But I think that you know most of the scenes that are most memorable in this film happen during the exorcism itself. Yeah, which
0: is, is hard to believe, but from start to finish, it only lasts nine minutes. That is
1: hard to believe. Yeah,
0: because it's so intense and all the things that lead up to it. Because one of the things we've mentioned about this film before is one of the things that makes those nine minutes so effective is the slow build up to it. Really, when you watch it today, especially by today's standards, Audiences today want so much payoff now, and it's this is a slow, slow build.
1: And also the way he frames everything. So in the very beginning, when he's in the m- Middle East, it's very, very wide. Everything is wide and yep. open. And then, you know, they're on campus, and then they go to the hospital to meet, you know, the mom, and everything gets a little bit closer. And then Reagan is in the hospital, and she's having, uh, and everything gets a little bit closer until they're finally in that room, and it's like this big. And it's claustrophobic, and you can't get anywhere. And everything is an extreme close-up. And it's, it's uh, I mean, it's just a phenomenal way to build the terror and dread which of course he punctuates periodically with some crucifix business and some crab walking and some pee pantsiness and there's all kinds of stuff that happens in between so that you're not waiting forever you're not waiting two hours for something to happen
0: yeah but one of the things that I think one of the things that that has to be included every time you talk about not only this film but actually the the ritual because I do love sound so much and that's the voice uh, Mercedes McCambridge, which uh, is a great name, it is. Yeah, did the voice of uh, the demon once Reagan was was possessed by the demon, and uh, originally they went back and forth depending on what account you read that says she didn't want credit at the beginning just to make it that much more believable. But then once Linda Blair got nominated for Academy Award, then it came out that that wasn't her voice, and there was a thing about well, you know, would she have been nominated? If people had known that originally, well, people didn't
1: realize that there were there were mechanics yeah. like mechanical versions of her either. So, well, that... when
0: her head went around, I think they did. <laughs> but sorry, is that a spoiler? <laughs> but uh,
1: but it's, I mean, the exorcism itself isn't the only ritual in here because it is so steeped in Catholicism. Right. I mean, there are last rites, and there there are a lot of things about the movie that that lead you toward this exorcism in a way that makes it not seem unusual. Where in real life, you'd be like no in exorcism that's but in this movie the way they just sort of introduce different somewhat archaic ideas and and, and rituals from catholicism make it all lead naturally to this like this would be a, a normal decision that this working mother would finally go to um after exhausting everything else and i just want to say the exorcist three also has some great really scary very catholic moments in it and <laughs> and um the scene in the confessional cuz yeah. we were talking about the voice the scene in the confessional scared the living shit out of me
0: <laughs> and it's got that other scene down the hallway with the big yeah absolutely oh, yeah that's yeah. always the great that's, one that's a great right. that's a great scene apparently this was william peter Blatty who wrote the novel, the novel. Based it on a genuine exorcism from 1949. Allegedly, apparently. allegedly, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's so many, so many great things about this movie. But you're right, there's there's more than one ritual going on. But when you get down, when you get down to it, in that only nine minute uh, exorcism ritual is just it's so intense. And one thing we always bring up, even when we talk about this movie, every time Max von I was Sita, waiting.
1: I'm like, when is he going to say how old Max
0: von Sita was? He was only 44. That is when crazy, he made isn't this it? Movie, and you know they did the the makeup. So that now when you see him, it's like, wow, he hasn't aged. It's been like 50 years because they made him. He was only 44. That's still amazing. That is amazing. But um, sometimes, even when you see it today, especially the director's cut, some of the moments, you can't believe this came out in 1973. It is amazing. I mean, I remember being in grade school and hearing my friends say, oh, you know, the legends about their parents went and people fainted in the aisles. And and then you saw it and think, yeah, I bet people just shit bricks when they saw this thing. (laughs) You know, because it's intense, even for today. Uh, so yeah, The Exorcist number one our list of ritual horror, and we got to get to the movie tonight. We, do. we are what we are. But again, we got to say thank you guys first of all so much. This is always such a blast. Yay. We want to say, <laughs> we want to say thank you to the Gateway Film Center, to Jason and Chris and everybody. And by the way, if we haven't mentioned enough, mark your calendars for October because Nightmare, the Nightmares Film Festival. Let me tell you. It's the second year, the first year was good enough this thing this film festival is fantastic it 's even going to be better this year, so mark it down so thanks uh to those guys and also to thank you. I know we talked about it in the in the happy hour, but we want to say thank you to all of the. A Mad Wolf pack that came out tonight.
1: That's right. Matt Wiener is here, and Rachel Willis is here, and Kat McAlpine is here, and they all write for us on madwolf.com, so exactly. check them out.
0: So please check that out, and that is where this podcast will be posting here in just a few days, and we hope to see you uh, next time. We're going to be back here. It's always the second Wednesday of every month. Right here we do Fright Club Live. Uh, and we know what the next movie is.
1: We are going to show Antichrist. That's right. And we're asking you to tell us whether you want the topic to be Cabin in the Woods Horror or uh,
0: Toolbox. Yeah, so let us know. Chime in. Easiest way <laughs> easiest way to chime in <laughs> is uh, on Twitter. We are at Mad Wolf M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Congratulations, too, to all the uh, prize winners tonight. And we do have plenty of the brand new Fright Club T-Shirt 2.0. We want to say thank you to Allison Rose T-Shirts for getting these for us and we're just and James
1: Garza for doing oh, our logo James Garza awesome.
0: does our logo uh he's soon to do a logo for wiener cat as well <laughs> um but uh <laughs> we we gave some away but we have a lot more left five bucks just five bucks you want a fry club t-shirt five bucks we'll give it to charity and which includes our charity shut up uh, <laughs> for paying for these t-shirts but thank you so much it's a blast and uh Mad Wolf on Twitter. That's the best way to keep the conversation going. And we look forward to your feedback as always. Until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club podcast. Stay prideful, my friends. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Roll it up there in the booth.